It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have breaking news. The Cincinnati Reds are simply not as good as the Los Angeles Dodgers. Shocking, I know. The young arms that Cincinnati acquired in the Winker Suarez deal with the Seattle Mariners are getting better. We will check in on how they are progressing through the Reds' minor league system. And while we're looking at the minor leagues, it might be time to start looking for the center fielder of the future. We are going to discuss all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have been lifelong addicts, fans. We're just, we're, we're stuck on the Reds. We really are. And we've turned this addiction into information for you. This is our fourth season podcasting. It's our first season together. We started back in January, but we have loved this Reds team and continue to bring you daily content about this Cincinnati Reds side that, let's be honest... They're not as good as the Dodgers. They really aren't. I don't know that we needed six games to figure that out, but these six games that the Reds have played and with the seventh coming today, um, they've just really nailed home the point that the Reds and the Dodgers have a huge gulf in between them. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some young and exciting arms that came over from Seattle and what they can bring to the table for the Reds' future and why center field is a mess because the currently uh, current everyday center fielder isn't really cutting it. But I'll tell you what, Steve, last night's game sucked. <laughs> that's, that's some spot on analysis there, Jeffrey. Listen, first off, for our YouTube viewers, I want to say, isn't it nice that I have my name in the right place today? I don't know what went wrong in the editing process, but I am not Jeff Carr. Uh, sorry to the audio guys. I just yeah, whoever the heck edited that. that. Oh my you know, gosh! You know we talk about this all the time. Jim Day's podcast. He has a team of professionals that edit and produce that thing, and I have a Jeff with three Fs. So it's just it, it is what it is. But listen, no to your to your point about the Dodgers game uh, last night, Jeff. The thing, the the fact of the matter is, Luis Castillo did an admirable job through four innings of keeping that lineup at bay. Uh, but it's a big ask and it's a big ask to, to ask a guy that's playing for a very bad last place team to be able to get fired up enough to, to continue to push that kind of performance forward. I think, you know, I think Castillo ran out of, of gas and adrenaline uh, in that fifth inning and, and the Dodgers hitters, one of the best lineups in baseball, it was inevitable that they were going to score runs. He was not going to shut them out. So you take all that into account and, and you know, they're just not as good. I, I, I think that that's not, that's not, that's not a newsflash uh, for anybody that's been paying attention. Uh, the Reds might steal a game, but uh, I honestly think they probably get swept now because I don't think they're going to beat Kershaw today. Yeah, I was going to say stealing a game means they got to beat Clayton Kershaw or at least beat the Dodgers bullpen, which has also looked really solid. But no, Steve, the bottom line in this series is that in six games up to this point, the Dodgers have outscored the Reds 43 to 13. 
Pretty sure there were some high school football games that they'd throw in the towel at that point. Uh, six games, and, and the Dodgers are just better. And, and I got a question for you is that today, in this day game, this businessman special, can we just walk Freddie Freeman every time he comes up to the plate? Can David Bell just hold up four fingers to the umpire every time this man walks up? He is killed the Reds. In six games, he has 11 hits and 11 RBIs. Eleven. If the wins and if the wins and losses matter, Jeff, yes, you're absolutely right. But right (laughs) now they don't matter. So I want to see Hunter Green go right at Freddie Freeman. I want him to go learn to beat those kind of guys. So, so in the context of the strategy that you're talking about, if this season mattered at this point, if it mattered, if we won this game, then yes, you're correct. But I want Hunter Green to get that experience. I want him to go right at him uh, in this business person's special, this business day special. Uh, But yes, the old businessman special verbiage goes back to when I was a kid, too. And uh, yeah, business day special. Right. But, you know, there were a couple of positives from this game. Albert Almora with his second homer in as many days. He absolutely clocked that one that went into the left field seats. And then also, I mean, honestly, kind of like we mentioned, that fifth inning where Luis Castillo kind of fell apart, those first four innings, he was looking pretty phenomenal. And let's be honest, that might have been like a firsthand audition because I'm sure the Dodgers are trying to call Nick Crawl and being like, yo, we need this dude in our rotation. Let's go. So I'd love to see what that offer is. Maybe we're talking Andy Pahes, which I totally found out that I mispronounced the other day. You will be shocked to know that I mispronounced the guy's name, but it's not Pages, it's Pahes. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's a guy that they should go after and ask for if Luis Castillo is being inquired upon by the Dodgers. But those first four innings, I mean, he was rolling. His over-under total of strikeouts yesterday was five and a half. I took the over. He smashed it in the first four innings, and I thought he was just going to keep going until that fifth inning happened and he couldn't throw strikes. But I, I, I got to wonder and a, a guy like Castillo and we might see it again today with Hunter green. At what point does a pitcher kind of glance around the infield a little bit and go, this is on me. So I better not make a bad pitch. I think that's probably happening a lot in Cincinnati, uh, given the, the defensive woes and just everything that's gone on. But, you know, it's it's audition season at this point. Uh, yeah. It is not going to come as a shock, uh, not if, but when Luis Castillo is dealt. He knows it. We know it. Everybody knows it. He's going to get traded. Tyler Malley, another guy that is going to be auditioning every time he goes out. He's not as much as a foregone conclusion of trade as Castillo, just because Mally's been up and down. The Reds might not get the return on him that they're looking to get, and, and he might stick around for a while. But with Luis Castillo in particular, you have to think that uh, that also impacts him on a, on a daily performance level, knowing that his days are numbered and things are about to get upended. And, and that uncertainty, I'm sure, affects his performance on the field. I'm pretty sure somebody would ask him and he'd say, no, 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 that's not something that I'm thinking about, but I don't know how it wouldn't affect you. I mean, if you knew, if you were Luis Castillo, I mean, we're sitting here and we think it's a foregone conclusion. He's closer to the team. He obviously probably feels it. The front office is probably negotiating with people at this very moment to figure out exactly where he's going to go. So yeah, it's got to be in the back of your mind. Like he walked Muncie, he hit or he, um, 
walked Lux, and then he hit Freddie Freeman. And at that point, you got to wonder what he's grabbing back for. You always talk about the competitive spirit when, a, when you're talking about a professional athlete. But even there are people, too, that when he's reaching back for a little something extra and he grabs, oh, yeah, by the way, you're probably going to be traded. I don't think he's coming back with 98 miles an hour right where he needs to put it. No, I agree. And I think that uh, probably moving forward the rest of the way, he is probably going to be on a strict pitch count. I, yeah. I think they're not going to want to risk injuring him. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think what you're speaking to is, will he go out and pitch with maximum effort or not? I think he's going to be professional. I think he's going to go out there with a little bit of pride and, and try and be successful. But oh, is yeah. he going to, is he going to reach back and, and try and get that out with a, 100 mile an hour fastball in the sixth inning? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. And, and to be honest, and I'm not trying to be negative about that. That's just the reality of the situation. And I thought about it whenever that game was going on. I'm just like, there's points in this game where you have to wonder about the mantra, just the, the feeling of the clubhouse and where they are going with things. Because again, like we said, it's very obvious that there's a huge talent gap between the Dodgers and the Reds. You know what else you have to wonder about in this game? And I know we, we don't like to do this, but I need to try and understand what David Bell was thinking when he pinch hit for Almora late in the game with Max Schrock. And then we end up with Senzel, who ultimately comes up at the end of the game uh, with an opportunity to keep continue that inning and maybe get something going, and he takes strike three looking. I would have much rather had Almora in, in the game at that point. Yeah, I agree. And actually, we'll get into that a little bit with Nick Senzel here in a few minutes. But uh, overall, I, I, I kind of think at that point, David Bell was just like, ah, anything. Let's go. This is like in hockey whenever you got a team that's down a by line a couple change. of yeah, line, change. line change. We're going to pull the goalie <laughs> as many people as possible trying to put the puck on the net. And I don't know why I'm using hockey terms in a baseball podcast, but that's the same feeling. It's just like, all right, who who's on the bench? Somebody go go get a hit. Just shrock. Go do it. Hopefully. And it just didn't work out. Well, I think the big takeaway is that the Reds, as we said, they're just not as good as the big boys right now, and they're going to have to continue to take some beatings as this season progresses, Jeff. Uh, the Reds can accomplish a few things in this Dodgers series uh, still yet. With the last game on the line, uh, we've got Hunter Green coming to the mound. He is a great young arm and brings a lot of excitement and gives us a lot to look forward to. And uh, we're going to take a look in the next segment at some more arms that are giving us something to look forward to as we'll dig in and check in on the guys we got back for Winker and Suarez in that uh, much talked about trade with the Seattle Mariners that went down before this season got underway. And if you want to uh, figure out a little something else to look forward to, uh, you can head over to BlueNile.com right now because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size and clarity as well as the setting style blue niles bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring and each ring is one of a kind 
If you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile can help. They have jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And right now, Locked On Reds listeners can get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings as well. All you have to do is use the code Locked On when you check out. That's right. Use the promo code Locked On to get $50 off your $500 or more purchase. Plus, every order is going to be insured. It's going to ship free to you. And when it arrives, it will be in discreet packaging so that she doesn't know what's inside and give away the surprise. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Thank you for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Listen, one live NBA draft show is simply not enough for the Locked on Podcast Network. The entire NBA channel is going to go live for the NBA draft. So if you haven't subscribed to your favorite NBA team's Locked On YouTube channel, you need to head over there right now and get that done because you will get notified when they go live to bring you exclusive coverage of the NBA draft night. Also, make sure you are following this podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Uh, we've got lots of bonus content over there for you that we've been talking about all week. If you haven't checked it out yet, great interviews with Doug Gray and Cam Miller. Uh, go check those out. All right, Jeff, there has been a lot of talk about the trade that went down in the offseason with the Seattle Mariners and the sending of Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez for minor league arms. A lot of people were unhappy with that. They wanted major league talent in return. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, if the Reds are truly committed to this Tampa model, build with prospects, uh, stay young, that was the right way to go about it. They brought in a lot of highly rated young arms and stockpiled the minor league system. So, you know, we're in mid-June now, and I think it's probably a good time to take a look at some of these guys and see how they're progressing through the system. Yeah, because the inquirers Bobby Nightingale gave us some good news when it come it came when it comes to Justin Dunn getting into a major league game for the Reds. He broke the news the other day in an article saying that Justin Dunn will make the first rehab start for uh, his Reds tenure in Dayton. That's going to come this Sunday. That is a huge deal because. He is a guy that whenever it was announced he was part of this deal, pretty much everybody initially was just like, um, ain't he hurt? Isn't that like uh, we're, we're trading for a hurt guy? Like, this is what we're doing right now? That's one of the biggest reasons people were mad about this deal is that the Reds got back an injured player, but he has a promising future. Now, he's not a guy that I think that you're looking at and saying he's going to be a bona fide ace. He's going to take over that top spot in the rotation, but he's going to be a solid middle to back into the rotation type dude. You need those guys too, Steve. You can't just build them all on aces because, well, let's say, I mean, we all aren't the, the Dodgers, obviously. Uh, but he, he looked pretty good last year in the 11 starts that he got. Well, he did. You know, he's probably, of those arms that came back in return uh, in this deal, Dunn has the best chance to, to spend some time in Cincinnati this year. Uh, last season with the Mariners, he's pitched 50 innings at the major league level and put up a 3.75 ERA in the American League where the DH was, was present. Uh, it wasn't universal yet. 
Uh, if you're looking at a metric to kind of gauge him, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a great stat, but it tells you a little bit. Uh, he had an ERA plus of 111. So uh, all things being considered, he was 11% above league average uh, last season. That's, that's a great start in a promising young career. Uh, another thing to look at is he struck out 49 guys in those 50 innings of work. So I think you're right when you say he could be a very solid middle of the rotation kind of guy and 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 quite frankly if these trades go down like we think they will that's exactly what the reds are going to need they're going to need somebody to stick into this rotation somewhere in the middle of it that can come out and be serviceable at the major league level and i think that that's a great opportunity for dunn to reestablish himself coming off of this injury and show that he is in fact a bona fide major league baseball pitcher yeah, because if all goes according to plan, you're talking about removing Castillo and Mally from a rotation that would now then consist of Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo, assuming he'll be back healthy. He's supposed to be back at the beginning of July, so we'll see how that uh, plays out. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, hopefully Justin Dunn will be part of that, and then you're going to have to figure out who that fifth guy is. But Justin Dunn would be a huge factor here. But I um, I, I kind of wonder, because our friends over at Reds Content Plus in the morning spin talked about how if they don't trade Castillo and Mally, that Justin Dunn should remain at AAA so that he can remain a starter and, and go out every fifth day and keep stretched out as far as innings and pitches and stuff like that. But I kind of wonder about that because the dude does have major league experience and I wonder if there's any sort of value to being like, hey, be a long man, kind of do what the Dodgers did. We saw Tyler Alexander the other day. He pitched pretty well when he started this season with the Dodgers. He was actually the long man after Tony Gonsolin. And now he's one of their best starters. You know, I have always, for the longest time, been against the Reds bringing up starting pitchers and sticking them in the bullpen. And that really has a lot to do with the complete mishandling of a Chapman, because I, I hate that they would bring up somebody and think, Ooh, shiny new toy in the bullpen and derail a promising starting career. I think maybe those days are over. We've seen the St. Louis Cardinals do this with pitchers, bring them up early, stick them in the bullpen, transition them to the rotation. You just mentioned again, the Dodgers have done it. The good teams do this. So if, if Dunn is your best arm available and in a bullpen that is an absolute train wreck, you know, if they don't make these trades, something really went wrong. And then, yeah, fix the bullpen, bring up Dunn, let him get some major league experience, let him, let him reestablish himself post-injury and have him in good position to fight for a rotation spot next season where clearly there's going to be some openings. Now, there were two other dudes in this deal, and they were both healthy when they came over, including the player to be named later, which we heard so much about before we actually heard who the player to be named later would be, and that's Connor Phillips. And in 11 starts in Dayton, he has looked nothing short of phenomenal. You're talking about 60 innings with 84 strikeouts. Yes, 60 innings, 84 strikeouts. That is a very, very nice rate. Now. You'd like to see him walk a few less people, but overall, that is impressive to see those kind of numbers. He should be up in double A here pretty soon. I think so too, Jeff. You know, he's walked 29 guys down there in Dayton. And while it's not horrible, it's not lights out either. Uh, I would like to see him cut that walk rate just a little bit more. And then if, if he's able to do that, yeah, I think he's probably uh, the next candidate for promotion uh, of, of that group. Uh, Dunn's going to take some time. You know, basically he's starting from scratch with a, a, a spring training. So it's going to take him some time to work through the rehab and get his arm stretched out and ready for the major league level. 
I think that we're, guy we're going to talk about here in a minute um, is also probably at the level he's going to be at for the remainder of the year. So, you know, Connor Phillips is really the one. And 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 in the grand scheme of things, he has really pitched very well and been a, a maybe the best arm in this deal coming as yeah. the player to be named later. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's without having seen Justin Dunn. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to watching him pitch, but honestly, the talent's undeniable with Connor Phillips. As long as he can rein in the control a little bit, his fastball slider combo is just deadly. I mean, that slider so, is it's played so well there at high A Dayton, and he's a huge reason why the Dragons are in a position to uh, be first half champions there in the Midwest League. Uh, I'll tell you what, Steve, we, we want to talk about Brandon Williamson here in just a minute because he was the third dude in this deal that honestly he was kind of the main piece whenever the trade went down that everybody said this is the guy that really was the linchpin for the deal for the reds we'll look at what he's done there at double a in just a minute because we've also got something to talk about when it comes to nixon zell something that i don't think any of us wanted but I think we're going to have to begrudgingly admit. And I'll tell you this, I something I begrudgingly admit is my lack of attention to my own health. Something that I like, steak, burgers. Went to McDonald's earlier today and I ordered a quarter pounder with cheese. They gave me a Big Mac and I didn't complain one bit. But I'll tell you this. Frybox. Well, Frybox. Yeah, we'll talk about Frybox in a minute too. I love me some Frybox. But I need those nutrients. I need those supplements. And I don't want to pay for all of them. Athletic Greens helps me out with that. This AG1 product that they have created is a brilliant mismatch, and, and it takes all of the supplements that you need every single day and puts them together in one cup of water. Because all you got to do is take a scoop of AG1 every single day right before you really do anything else, before you drink your first cup of coffee, before you eat your first bowl of cereal, if you're like me, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, what's up? Or, you know, other healthy stuff like oatmeal. And you put a scoop into a cup of water and you get all kinds of great nutrients. You're talking about super, uh, where did that go? We're talking about gut health, uh, things that support your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that supplements give you. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day that's it you don't need a million pills this was created by a guy who was told by his doctor that he needs a million pills a day the creator of ag1 decided i need something better and he made up ag1 and it works i use it every day and i am feeling amazing i will tell you that to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mlb network again that's athleticgreens.com slash mlb n-e-t-w-o-r-k to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate Daily Nutritional Insurance. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's, as my Twitter username says there on my nameplate. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's, and you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds with no F's. There's no F's. 
in Locked On Reds. And Steve, I want to finish up this conversation we started here with the three guys that came over from Seattle. We started with Justin Dunn. We talked about Connor Phillips. I also want to talk about Brandon Williamson. And it's it's interesting that we saved him for third because honestly, whenever the Reds made this deal, he was the marquee piece. But honestly, part of it is I've heard mixed signals. Seen mixed signals when you're talking about stats, reports, recaps, things like that. When you hear people talk about him, it's like he still has a bright future. But as of right now, things are kind of kind of mixed when you're looking at Brandon Williamson. You know, I want to be fair to him. And and let's let's just be just right up front with what his problem is. His problem is that he's walking too many guys. And and as our buddy Cam always say, walks will haunt. He has walked. (laughs) Exactly. He has walked 37 guys in 62 innings pitched. And, you know, I, I do want to be fair to him. Now, he's pitching at double-A Chattanooga. Uh, once you reach the double-A level, the hitters get better. They become more selective. You know, these are, these are hitters that are also trying to, to make the progression to the major leagues. Uh, once you move past that high-A level, things start to move. People start to get better. So part of it is that. But, yeah, he, has, he was probably the high, most highly touted and, and has been the least successful of the two pitchers that have pitched so far, you know, again, Dunn hasn't pitched and we're going to see what he really has going for him here really quick. But I think that, uh, hope is not lost. I think that by, by any means, nobody should be giving up on Brandon Williamson, but, uh, the walks really have been the, the story of his season. And that's just, that's a little bit of, you know, flashbacks to some of the guys who came up in between 2015 and 2019, where it was just like, well, he's got this, he's got a killer fastball. He's got a great curveball. He's got an awesome slider. He just has a little problems locating it. A little bit of control problem kind of walks a few guys. And then they get up here and they can't throw strikes because that was the biggest problem for a number of years and the Reds just didn't develop pitching. So this is another challenge for Derek Johnson, a young dude who the future is bright. And there were some people whenever this trade was made who said he could be in Cincinnati this year, seeing the numbers that I've seen and seeing the reports that have been made. I don't necessarily think that would be best for him, at least not at this point. So I wonder if we'll see him this year or it'll probably won't be till next year. Uh, but again, next year's another development year as well. But those are the three guys. I mean, Williamson, Dunn, and Phillips. Like you said, Phillips has been the best of the three so far. And it's kind of de facto since Dunn hasn't pitched. I wonder if that will change whenever Dunn gets uh, going, though. You know, I think I agree. I think that, uh, you know, like I kind of alluded to in the second segment, I think that Williamson will probably ride out the rest of this year at double a Chattanooga looking to make the move to triple a coming out of spring training next year, or maybe battling for a rotation spot come next season. But I I think that it's important for the reds to take their time with him and make sure that he gets the problem fixed before they go and move him along. So I don't think we'll be seeing him in Cincinnati this year. And I have a question for you. Uh, Are we seeing the center fielder of the future in Cincinnati now? Or is it time to start looking to replace Nick Senzel? Honestly, Steve, and I hate to say this because I wanted to see him pan out. I mean, ever since he's come up, he's had a lot of hype and he seems like a good dude. Seems like the kind of guy that um, it'd be easy to root for. But I I think Nick Senzel has become a placeholder. I I think that when you look at guys, I mean, Tommy Pham's a trade chip and we hope that they can... flip him for something 
Albert Almora, I don't see him here in 2024. You know, guys, guys like Matt Reynolds, we talked about Aquino, obviously that's not happening anymore. You know, things like that. Guys who are just kind of filling a spot. I kind of think that's where Nixon Zell is. And unfortunately, a lot of it, yeah, the eye test, what, how he's played hasn't looked good. But this quote from David Bell really struck me today because Nixon Zell was not in the starting lineup yesterday. And he was asked, uh, David Bell was asked, what's up with that? Here's his response. And I want to get your take on this. This is a quote from David Bell. He said, he's doing a lot of work with his hitting, a lot of physical work. He's playing a lot of games. It's a good day to allow him to continue to work and get as much in as he needs to. End quote. Hmm. Well, David Bell is one of those managers that is fiercely protective of his players. Yeah. And while David Bell never says anything bad about his players, that may be one of the more revealing quotes that David Bell has ever given us about a player. Because what I take away from that is they have identified some major flaws and some major things that they want Nick to fix. And it sounds to me like they're holding him out of the lineup to give him time to get into the cages and get out of sight from public view and work on whatever it is they've identified as something they think he needs to fix. Yeah, if whatever he needs to work on is something he can't figure out in the middle of a game, there's a huge problem. And like you said, I mean, David Bell is never going to throw one of his guys under the bus. He is a player's manager for a reason because guys know that they can trust him. But this is as close to a negative comment as you will ever see from David Bell about a player. Because honestly, if you read that and you try to read the context into what he's saying, it almost sounds like he doesn't know. Like, he's just like, he's working on it. Not sure what he's working on, but he's working on it. And he can't do it in the game, which that's telling too, because like we said, wins and losses for this team no longer matter. The rest of this season is about development, about figuring out who you have. And if they can't let Nixon Zell do that on the field, I don't think he's part of the future of this team. You know, I, I, I'm sadly going to agree with you. Uh, I think that when we look at the outfield situation and, and make no mistake, there is nobody I think in this outfield right now that is part of this team in 2024, 2025, as far as outfielders go, I think that everybody that they run out there between now and 2024 will be a placeholder. I think we're waiting on guys with the names like Jay Allen and Reese Hines and Serta and whoever doesn't win that, that log jam shortstop battle that gets moved, maybe on McLean, uh, maybe somebody else gets moved out there as well. And that's where your outfielders come from. I think that's going to be the young outfield that we see arrive in 2024. Yeah. And I hope that in the trades that the Reds make this uh, during this trade season, I hope that they can bring back uh, a stud outfielder. I mean, I would love, I, I said it on the podcast the other day that it was uh, just me talking to everybody that, um, Jason Dominguez from the Yankees looks intriguing to me. And somebody called him the Zion Williamson of, of baseball. And Hunter Green has been likened to the LeBron James of baseball. So, you know, 
the Reds would win the NBA Finals, hands down. Uh, but I look at the what guys is like with that. all the mixed sports analogies today. We're yeah, talking we're, hockey. We're talking NBA. What's going on? <laughs> we're just we're we're branching out. We're branching out, Steve. Trying to get the Reds into everybody's ear. Um, no, I, I I want the Reds to go out and get kind of talent in the outfield because you're right. Like outside of guys that are moving from positions and really just re-signs. And, and I'd like to say that Michael Ciani and, and Alan Serta and guys like that are going to pan out, but you just don't know. And the more, the more bullets that you have in the chamber, the better off you're going to be. Right. So I, I want them to go out and get some talent there, but I'll tell you this, Steve, we've had a lot of interesting conversations. It's been kind of negative. Not going to lie. So let's get some positive. Let's get some Frybox in here. I, I wish I could actually get some Frybox right now, but I got my first bona fide Frybox this year because I've only been to a handful of games so far this year. We're going to really rectify that here coming up in the next couple of weeks, but I got a Buffalo chicken Frybox that on top had a little bit of ranch drizzle, a little bit of blue cheese drizzle, and now they cut them up a little bit more because it used to be that they were big chunks of celery and that was whatevs, but now they're just little, little itty bitty chopped up celery in there with your shredded chicken and your buffalo sauce. And I had a complaint. We, we had talked about this off air because Frybox was really starting to hurt me. It felt like they had tried to realign their payroll with their resources and cut out some of the topping on the fries, but not so. This thing was packed. I tell you, when I thought this was going to be a snack that me and Hannah got to share, we actually both were full afterward. It was phenomenal. Fry box is back. I'm getting one next time I'm at the ballpark. Your thoughts? All right. I have the hot take from me is, I have never thought Frybox is good. So I will tell you this. And here what? is a, a breaking news announcement for our listeners. Um, I am going to be in the Queen City for the 4th of July. In fact, you and I are going to a lot of games the first week of July. We so I, I mentioned that. So anybody sees us out and about in the ballpark, please come up and say hi. Let us know you listen. Let us know you watch. We would love to talk to you. Well, we were going in deep on that firebox conversation, but all of a sudden technical difficulties. I, sorry about that guys, but we're going to wrap it up right here. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening to today's locked on reds podcast on tomorrow's locked on reds podcast. We're going to wrap up this Dodger series. We're going to look ahead to the weekend for this red leg side and speculate wildly as to what some trades are going to look like and when they're going to happen. Thanks again for making us your first listen. Now go make Locked On NBA Mock Draft your second listen because the first picks have already been made. It's draft day today. I mean, we're talking NBA draft later on today. Get ready for the NBA draft with the ultimate NBA Mock Draft because they've got you covered with every single Locked On NBA host, Locked On NBA Big Board Exports, experts and odyssey experts which include a former general manager check them out today the ultimate nba mock draft and make them your second listen steve this team can be kind of hard to watch sometimes but the future's bright we've got a lot of guys that are coming up and hopefully we got some trades that are coming down the pipe so what can everybody expect from us they can expect us to keep them informed they can expect us to continue to look for the positives they can expect us to keep a strong eye on the minor leagues, and they can expect us to be locked on reds every 
single day. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.